We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today. On the show, AFR.net is our website. AFR.net is our website. We also have an application available for you to download on your mobile device, on your tablet device. Just uh, go to your app store, type in American Family Radio, or type in AFR, and you can download the app for free. It takes you just a couple of minutes to do that. Um, so go and do that. Go and download the American Family Radio app on your tablet or your mobile device. AFA at the core is multiple places. We're on the app. We're also uh, posting the podcast on multiple podcast platforms, whether it be an Apple device, an Android, uh, uh, Google Play Store, uh, Amazon Alexa. We have AFA at the core published in all of those, Spotify as well. So we push push the podcast to multiple platforms, uh, but the website and the app are the two best ways to listen. And lastly, I'll mention that we are live streaming the show on Facebook and YouTube. We are live streaming the show on Facebook and YouTube. Speaking of live streaming the video, uh, next week we're going to launch AFA streaming a week from today. We will launch AFA streaming, and we will not have the live option available on day one, so I don't want to mislead you on that. We will have video content available. We'll have AFA at the core available after the show. We'll upload it on the platform. So if you happen to miss the show or you can't catch all of the show for the video, you can go to this platform, AFA streaming, and get it after the fact. And then in 2022, hopefully early quarter one, 2022, we're going to to launch the live streaming option, which will be, it will take the place of YouTube and Facebook as far as the live streaming option. So we're working on that for early 2022. Uh, but next week, we're launching the video platform and you'll be able to catch AFA at the core and other content uh, uploaded to that platform next week. So stay tuned for that. Here's our scripture for the week. Proverbs chapter 3 Verse 29 and 30, do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Proverbs 3, 29 and 30. And the wisdom we can take from that is, number one, not to plot evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you, but also don't contend with man for no reason. And we, we oftentimes can find ourselves contending over different matters uh, that really have no significance, no, especially no eternal significance. So, look, if we're going to contend with man, it needs to be over something worthwhile, don't you think? Especially within the body of Christ. If we're going to have conflict, if we're going to have uh, conflict within the body of Christ— we need to make sure it's over something of very, very significance, uh, something of significance, instead of just um, uh, contending for no reason. That's what Proverbs 3 is warning against, contending with man for no reason. 
uh, when he has done you no harm. So whatever the conflict is, make sure it's something worthy of a conflict. Uh, and that's a good good lesson that we can take for ourselves. And I can even, you can even apply that principle to marriage, you know, when you're, when you're having a conversation with your spouse. At the end of the day, we need to ask ourselves, what are we arguing about? <laughs> what are we debating about? What are we having conversation about? And is it really important? Is it important enough for there to be conflict? Um, and that question will often bring humility, and oftentimes it will lead to conflict resolution there in your marriage, and you can apply that principle across all of life. So we have our streaming platform next week coming out. Hey, I interviewed Kendra and Ann, Kendra White and Ann Cockrell last week on Thursday of last week. I interviewed the two of them, Wes and I did, and they just launched a show called Hannah's Heart. Hannah's Heart is a half-hour program to encourage couples walking through infertility and miscarriage. It's about clinging to Christ, the ultimate hope in finding peace and joy in the midst of the journey. So that is airing at 5 p.m. Central on American Family Radio each Saturday. So stay tuned for that called Hannah's Heart. Jumping right into the content for the week, the uh, the economic outlook is is just not very good. And it's interesting, though, because a lot of parts of the economy are looking good. I mean, you look at the stock market, you go, man, that looks great. Um, but you look at other factors, such as the supply chain, and it's just not very good. And I want to I wanna hit on this a little bit before we go to a break, because what you're hearing from the media, what you're hearing from the Biden White House is that is that the economy is so good that it's bad. <laughs> That's basically their narrative. The economy is so good that it's bad. And when, when I say it's bad, we're talking about the supply chain issues. We've got over 100 container ships off of the uh, coast of California, off of Long Beach and L.A., and the supply chain is just a mess. It's just a mess, and we just can't get goods delivered properly. I read a, a report the other day that America has about a, a trucker shortage of about 80,000 truckers. It was either 60 or 80, but uh, let's just say over 60. America has a, a trucker shortage, and 18-wheeler is what we call them in the South, uh, or tractor trailer is what other people call them. But we have a, a, a truck driver shortage of about 60,000 truckers, meaning we need 60,000 truckers tomorrow in order to unclog the supply chain uh, issue. Also, the more I read about what's going on at these ports, the more it becomes apparent that it's not just a trucker issue or a supply chain issue, it's the, a port issue. I mean, I'm reading the reports of people who are on the ground at these ports actually looking at what's going on, and they're saying that we have a bunch of empty containers just sitting around taking up space, which means uh, new trucks can't come in and get full containers to haul them somewhere else because there's this policy at some of these ports where if you want to come pick up a container full of materials and deliver it for a company, a big box store, then you've got to bring an empty container back with you. Well, there's no room to put the empty containers, so you can't come back and pick up a full container to then take it and deliver it for said company. And so there's a lot of stuff going on that's not really, 
it's just all an efficiency problem. Um, it's all an efficiency problem, and you're dealing with unions, and you're dealing with California, and some of these liberal cities and uh, and states, and they just don't know how to run things efficiently because they want government to get involved every step of the way. So there's a lot of issues, but my main point here is that the Biden administration, they're really not doing anything to fix it. You know, President Biden came out last week or two weeks ago, and he said, oh, we're going to go 24-7. We're going to go 24-7 on these ports. Well, <laughs> these ports are already operating 24-7, at least some of them. I know the one in New York is. So most of these ports are already operating 24-7. Okay, so one of them, the Long Beach port, it wasn't operating 24-7. I think it was operating about 18 hours a day, so about six hours short. So they're going to operate another six hours a day, but... Once again, the hours isn't the problem. These ports are pushing through upwards of 30% more than they've done in past years. So these ports are pushing through containers and goods, uh, but there's just so much stuff to get through that they just can't keep up, and there's major logistical problems. Um, but that's basically what's going on across the country. And and, and, and really, this, this uh, supply chain issue has to get fixed. The port issue has to get fixed in order for inflation to slow down. And they're talking about spending more money in Washington right now. I've got the story of the Democrats. You know, it was $3.5 trillion. Now, <laughs> now they've negotiated down to $2 trillion. So they've gone, the Democrats have gone all conservative on us. <laughs> they're only going to spend $2 trillion. <laughs> but this is going to make matters worse. Mark my word. The only way to fix the issue is to let the private sector unclog the supply chain through private sector means and then let things fix themselves over time. We do not need more money pumped into this economy. That's the last thing we need because, remember, that is how we got here. All right? The, the reason we are where we are with our supply chain issues and inflation out the roof is because Washington decided to pump somewhere between three to four trillion dollars into the economy in the matter of less than 24 months. When you do that, you create a surge, a demand that literally cannot be kept up with. You create an artificial demand that is not. Uh, a built that our our supply chain and our system is not built for them. Thus, you get supply chain issues, and then you get we got a labor shortage, and then you have inflation. Well, Washington's wanting to spend about two trillion more dollars, and that's just going to make matters worse. I want to play a clip here. Uh, this is clip three. This is a clip uh, talking about the. Uh, this is actually I think the the former Home Depot CEO talking about the labor shortage and how uh, uh, the labor shortage equals cargo delays. Clip three, let's listen. It doesn't solve the problem. Tell people to go buy a chest freezer and stock up on meat and poultry. We're out now tin cupping for oil when we had reached energy independence. I mean, it just challenges common sense. Natural gas is going to be short if we have a cold winter. So it just continues to perpetuate these problems. Look, I, I grew up with Jack Welch, a mentor who told me, see the world the way it is, not the way you want it to be. And it has served me well, Brian. I'm not an optimist or a pessimist. I'm a realist. 
Look at these situations. They are not getting better. You talked about the airlines just a moment ago. It's not getting better. We need to be aggressive. We have the capabilities. We have the willpower. Somebody just has to make the decision to go so, fix these problems, Brian. So it Bob, is not get, right. Inflation is going to get worse. There you have it. That was from a couple of weeks ago. That was about from a week ago. And that was uh, former Home Depot CEO Bob Nardelli on Fox Business saying that inflation is going to get worse before it gets better. And he's also commenting there on the supply chain and, and all the issues there. This thing has to cool down. This this economy has to cool down. And most people are like, why would we cool down the economy? Uh, because we've got to slow down this inflation. Because it doesn't matter how hot the economy, if the economy's hot as can be, but you got inflation out of control, then it benefits no one. We're basically spinning our wheels here. Um, and, and the Democrats, see, here's the thing. Uh, Democrats come into office and they claim they want to help the little guy. We want to help the little guy. We want to spend trillions of dollars and help the little guy. We're going to increase the child tax credit. We're going to send all this money to to Americans, uh, but then they're at the same time going to enact policies that make inflation go out the roof, and it cancels out any of the all the money they sent out. It cancels it out because the average American family is having to spend, you know, seventy five to one hundred percent more on groceries and goods. Well, there goes that money that the government sent all of these American families. Uh, so it's really an exercise in futility, and. Uh, the, 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 the inflation is blocking out any possible benefits to the hot economy. It just is. And families are spending more at the grocery store, um, more uh, buying your average goods. You know, these, these Christmas gifts are about to be out the wazoo. I walked by a, uh, a little battery-operated Jeep the other day. $400 for a battery-operated Jeep for like a four-year-old. There's no way that thing was $400 about two years ago. It's plastic and a battery. $400? I don't think so. So the Democrats are pricing the middle and lower class out of goods and services. How does that help the lower class? Well, it doesn't. It actually hurts them. Poverty is going up now because of Biden's economic policies, AFA at the core, I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in a few minutes. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, how will it be seasoned? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Matt Walsh wrote a piece for the Daily Wire where he said, The contemporary American Christian is the most open-minded person to have ever existed. He's so open-minded, you can hardly tell he's Christian or has a mind at all. He has for a long time been open to the idea that marriage isn't permanent and sex isn't meant exclusively for marriage. He's basically open to whatever notions are popular. He is open, and where he is not open, he is silent. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Girls today are savvy enough to know that there are issues that may divide even the best of friends. While they are aware of these different outlooks, what they struggle with is the awkwardness that these situations can cause. The dead space feeling of an awkward situation can lead to anxiety and stress. Take some time to talk with your daughter about how to deal with polarizing issues, emphasizing the importance of maintaining her beliefs while being sensitive to another's outlook. Psalm 1914 shares, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Have your daughter meditate on her words before meeting with friends in order to put her mind at ease. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. A teenage jihadist comes to Christ. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and I met young Ahmed when I visited the Middle East. His father died fighting for ISIS, his mother was an extremist, and young Ahmed was going to be a suicide bomber by killing himself and others being sold out to violent Islam. Now, his mother and siblings, they came to Christ, they prayed nonstop for his salvation, and when it came, he was beaten nearly to death by extremists. And when I caught up with him several villages over, I asked, Ahmed, what's your Bible mean to you? And he said, I can look here and see where Jesus says they'll hate you because they hated me and where Jesus says I'm with you always. Now listen, having a Bible it meant everything to him and gave him perspective and his prayer was for believers there who need God's word to endure and persevere. And I said, Ahmed, those Bibles, they're coming. Bible League invites you to send God's word to Bibleist believers around the world in our campaign The World Needs the Word at only $5 a Bible, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD 800-YES-WORD or give it sendbiblesnow.org sendbiblesnow.org org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. You know, last week I was out of the studio. I was broadcasting remotely for a couple of days, but I'm back in the studio. I got Bobby Rosa here with me producing the show we have Marty in with us as well, guys. Gentlemen, Bobby, welcome back to the studio, brother. So good to be back. I was getting tired of four walls. <laughs> Weren't we all? <laughs> Fortunately, the knee's, uh, the knee's shaping up really well, so we're really pleased about that. Excellent. So Bobby was out having some work on his knee last week. Uh, Marty was just taking a little little rest and relaxation, huh? Yeah, and Barb, uh, Barb Bobby, <laughs> makes, I mixed Marty and, and Bobby there for a minute. Uh, We're close. Yeah, Marty's getting ready to build a house. You probably already started, haven't you? No. Uh, he's clearing land to build a house, so that's exciting. Um, we got all kind of Bobby's having knee surgery. Marty's clearing land. I'm getting ready to add on some bedrooms because I'm having another baby coming in February. Uh, so we got all kind of things going on uh, that keep us keep us moving, keep us active, and keep. Speaking of keeping us moving and active, we have projects, all kind of projects here at American Family Association, American Family Radio, uh, that really help to advance our mission, our vision, and core values here at American Family Association. And uh, one of the divisions that we've had around for a couple of years now, several years now, is Engage Magazine, engagemagazine.net. And I have Cedra Sarton in studio. Cedra's been around American Family Radio for longer than I have. She's a veteran here at American Family Radio and she is a team member of Engage Magazine. Cedra, welcome. I don't think you could technically say that I've been here longer than you since you practically lived here your entire life. You I did grow here. up. I did grow up 
uh, doing child labor here uh, <laughs> illegally. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I've been around here a while. But as far as a formal employment relationship, yeah. you were here before me uh, here at American Family Radio. Uh, but you yourself, uh, Jordan Shambley, and my brother, Wesley Wildman, the three of you and others, uh, head up EngageMagazine.net, which is an outreach to uh, the younger audience and to millennials. Um, and one of the one of the campaigns you do every year is the Orange Letter campaign. This started back what 2015. The official Orange Letter campaign started in 2016, but it came from um, something that happened in 2015. Uh, I think everybody remembers seeing the video of the 21 Coptic Christians being beheaded on a beach in Egypt, and so that's where the name comes had had come from. And so from that, we were able to send letters to their families, to the families of the missionaries that were beheaded. Hmm. Well, that's 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 powerful, and I remember participating in that. Um, but since then, you guys decided. So that's where Orange Letter comes from because they were wearing orange jumpsuits mm-hmm. uh, when they were beheaded by ISIS so brutally. And uh, this uh, this that's where the name comes from. But Orange Letter campaign, you guys are partnering with Global Outreach, which is a local ministry here in North Mississippi. But they have missionaries around the world. Uh, so tell our listeners, when you go to, to, and we'll give the URL here in a minute, but when you when you participate in the Orange Letter Campaign, what are you doing? Uh, right now, we are sending letters to missionaries all over the world for Christmas, just letting them know that uh, we love them, that we're praying for them, that they're not alone, because right now they're separated from their families, as you know, as they are. And with COVID, it's a little more difficult for them to be able to go home and to visit or even get back to their mission field from home once they once they're home. Yeah, because you got all these travel restrictions and regulations now. You know, this is, Cedar, this is critical because I, I know what some people out there are thinking. They're going, oh, come on. You think writing a letter is that big of a deal? Yeah, it, it actually is a very big deal because you look at the Apostle Paul and other apostles and the disciples, uh, they spent much of their ministry writing letters to each other, encouraging one another, uplifting one another. Mm-hmm. So writing letters to missionaries is a very, very important thing to do. Yes, and if you go to EngageMagazine.net, the probably the, I think it's the top article that you'll see uh, up on the website today. It has a couple little words, you know, a couple little paragraphs from some missionaries that receive letters. So that if you want to go and read those and, and just, just to know really what it means to them, it means a lot to them. Yeah, I'm going to read one since you mentioned it. This is <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, I'm going to read Heather uh, Delamater. Uh, from Kenya. She's a missionary to Kenya. Quote, no matter where we are at Christmas, we are separated from loved ones, either our family in the USA or our beloved Maasai neighbors in Kenya. Last year, joy and encouragement arrived through postal services at just the right time. Your words will always remain precious and dear to us. Thank you, dear friend. So that's in response to Yes. Uh, to engage in global outreach, writing letters to uh, missionaries around the world. Yes, it, m- it means a lot to them to receive that. Um, we are all Christians here in this room, mm. so there is no bond like that of your Christian sister and brother. Have you ever been on a plane or been out and you run into somebody in probably an area that doesn't have as many Christians as here, and you run into somebody who is a Christian and you get to talking, and it's an instant bond Absolutely, right there. Um, and that in that moment, that person's not a stranger. They're your sister and your brother. And that's what these people feel when they receive their letters. They're receiving letters from their family, not just some stranger. Mm, that's so important, Cedra. Well, EngageMagazine.net is the website. And right there on the homepage, you can send a letter. You can fill out the form, send a letter. And Cedra, what will we send folks if they actually write a letter? <laughs> if you put in your information, you will be able to receive a free T-shirt. So, But that also comes with two bookmarks. And I want to go in and say... 
Um, with those bookmarks, you're supposed to give one away. And on the bookmark, on one side, you can write who you're praying for, and that's a reminder for you to carry with you wherever you go. Amen. Praise God for that. Hey, Cedra, thanks for coming in, and thank you and the other, the rest of the team for the Orange Letter Campaign. Thank you for letting me come on. All right, folks, that's Cedra Sarton, one of our team members here at American Family Association, American Family Radio. And the campaign going on right now through next week is the Orange Letter Campaign. The Orange Letter Campaign by Engage Magazine, engagemagazine.net. And these uh, letters go to missionaries around the world. We've partnered with a local ministry here in North Mississippi, and these letters will will go to missionaries around the world. Uh, So your letter of encouragement will go to missionaries around the world. Engagemagazine.net is the URL. Uh, We will also post a link to this on the podcast page at AFR.net. Bobby? Yep, it's all set, ready to go. And as soon as I get the uh, podcast done at the end of the show, it'll be up there in the links as well. All right, excellent. So engagemagazine.net, and we'll post the URL at the AFA at the Core podcast page on our website, AFR.net. Hey, on Wednesdays, I didn't do it last week. Last week was a little bit of an off week, to say say the least. But uh, this week and and moving forward, most Wednesdays, if not all, uh, we're going to take calls during the last segment from our listeners. We did it a little bit during share and it went excellent. We had a lot of calls. That was actually very encouraging. And uh, last week, I also gave out some free tickets to uh, Edge of the Earth um, documentary by Mission Aviation Fellowship in partnership with uh, Change Films, I believe is the name of the other ministry. But I gave out those free tickets. I gave out 10 of them, and I gave out my email, and you folks just bombarded me with emails. That was awesome. I had like 30 emails within a matter of about five minutes uh, wanting those tickets. So it was either me or the tickets. I don't know which one you guys like the most, me or free tickets, probably both. But if it's just the tickets, just don't tell me. Just let me think that you guys just want to email me. (laughs) Um, But I say all that to say, if you want to just email me your questions, uh, you can do so by emailing thecore at afa.net. It's that simple. The core, T H E C O R E, the core at AFA.net. Email me your comments, your questions about the show, about what's going on in our in our culture, in our world. Um, and I'll go through those and maybe pick a few questions or a few comments along with the live calls on Wednesday during the last segment, this upcoming uh, Wednesday. Uh, jumping back into the content for today. Uh, I was talking about the uh, supply chain issues and the media, man, they sure have taken an interesting stance on this, on, on this uh, uh, supply chain breakdown that we're having right now. And it has to do with you and I needing to lower our expectations. Yes, you heard it right. If you can't get groceries, all your groceries that you like to get each week, at the grocery store, well, you, you know, Walker, you just need to lower your expectations. I mean, Walker, you can go without milk for a week. It's fine. No problem. Lower your expectations. Uh, what an interesting take, my friends. What an interesting take. But uh, here, here's one, uh, one uh, op-ed from in the Washington Post. Here's the headline. <laughs> Don't rant about short-staffed stores and supply chain woes. Um, another... Well, the author of that Washington Post op-ed, she went on to say oh, that Americans are pampered, spoiled, and whine about shopping and going to restaurants. Quote, we'd do ourselves a favor by consciously lowering expectations, end quote. <laughs> she goes on to say, after all, 
Previous generations endured shortages of gasoline, food, and housing. Quote, now it's our turn, end quote. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Uh, and, and you read some of this and you go, you know, that's, that's quite virtuous, telling us to lower expectations and, you know, don't, don't be such consumers, guys. Don't buy so many groceries. You don't have to eat so much. Well, it's really not virtuous. Uh, what this is, is this is called deflection. This is called deflection. What we have right now is we have a president and his entire apparatus in Washington, D.C. that were crowned by these same media heads. All right. They were crowned by these same media talking heads, these same uh, propagandists. They're not journalists. These are these people are major in propaganda, whether it be the Washington Post, CNN, the list goes on New York Times. These folks, they crowned Joe Biden as as president in during the election. And they fawned over Joe Biden and he's such a great leader and he needs to be the president. Well, here we are now, and we have Joe Biden in the White House, and he's doing an absolute horrendous job running our country to such an extent that our supply chain is literally falling apart. And what do they do? (laughs) They blame it on you and me. They blame it on you and me. We're the problem. Our expectations are too high. We shouldn't want to buy hamburgers or, well, you know, chicken or milk. We just need to settle for less. Just settle for a granola bar or something, Walker. Why have such high expectations? But this is pure deflection. This is pure deflection. This is not a debate about Americans consuming too much. This is really, should be, rather, a debate about how incompetent our leaders are in Washington, D.C. But if we go down that path of actually addressing the issue at hand, the issue at hand being that these Democrats just don't know how to run the country. And everything they do, whether intentionally or because they don't know what they're doing, it works out terrible for our country. And so that's the situation we're in right now. And if you start actually exploring what I just said, well, you're going to end up, you're going to end up uh, talking about and having to address the fact that Democratic policies, the policies coming from the Democrat Party, are terrible policies and they just don't work. Look at where America is right now compared to where we were two years ago. And that becomes very, very evident. So that's what the, the media, they, they can't go down this path of talking about the issues, the true issues going on in our, in our country and in the economy, because it will end up, all the fingers will end up pointing back at these Democrats. So what do you do? You start blaming Americans. You start blaming you and me because our expectations are just, just too high. Um, moving on to um, another story. This was a local CBS report out of San Francisco, and we have these 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 jab mandates going on around the country, um, at at the state level and at the local municipality level, and they are uh, causing a lot of folks who don't want to get this experimental shot, causing a lot of folks to to either be fired or be let go or leave their job because they don't want to participate in this experiment with this uh, this COVID nineteen shot. Well, San Francisco. Is, is not not an exception. This is clip five. This is a local CBS report on San Francisco lacking officers, clip five. 
As October is a busy month and the Giants and Dodgers will play here at Game 5 at Oracle Park tomorrow. And there will be officers patrolling inside and outside of this area. Now with fewer officers on the job, the Police Officers Association says there may be some calls that will be left unanswered. In a city of this size with the month of October and all the things that have been going on, that's going to put quite a dent into operations. According to San Francisco's Police Officers Association, 120 sworn officers, 80 of them that work in the patrol division, will be off the job tomorrow after failing to comply with the city's vaccine mandate. But if you take 120 cops or even more off the street, what do you think is going to happen? That is roughly 6% of the entire department, and SFPOA Vice President Tracy McRae says it will force officers working the streets to make some tough decisions. If I have crime happening in the Bayview 5 car where Alice Griffin public housing is located, high crime area, or do I have to go to a woman screaming all the way across in the Betrayal Hill area, you know, which one am I going to? McRae cites religious beliefs and concerns about the long-term effects of the COVID vaccine as the reasons why some officers refuse to get the shot. The POA would like the city to implement a weekly testing option so officers can keep their jobs. But Mayor London Breed is not budging on the mandate. Our human resources department is continuing to try to work with people individually. Well, there you have it. That's a local CBS report in San Francisco about how, well, the police department may just not be responding to certain calls. It may just not be responding to certain calls. And I'm going to add to that. We just need to lower our expectations. <laughs> we just need to lower our expectations. I mean, when you well call, played. <laughs> Bobby, when you call 911, you can't expect them to answer within the first five minutes. If they do, it's a luxury. Yeah, but so many people have got have grown used to this now it's not just san francisco it's chicago it's new york it's boston it's dc it's you know pick a major city um 9-11 folks are saturated and there's nothing they can do about it they can take the calls all day but there's no officers in the street and we're getting to getting ready to lose a whole lot more but florida's hiring five thousand dollars ahead they are i believe uh indiana also offered uh, offered Officers from Chicago and Illinois who are getting fired because they don't want to take an experimental jab, well, Indiana's also hiring as well. So are the rest of the red states. So if you're a law enforcement officer and you've been let go, you've been fired because you don't want to do an experimental jab, well, come to our red state and let's keep our community safe where we live. Because after all, we are the same bunch in the crowd here in uh Red states across the country. AFA at the core. We'll be back in just a few minutes. So they asked me to enter my email address. And the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. 
Now more than ever, Christians are looking for a news source they can depend on to give them news coverage from a conservative biblical perspective. We strive to do that at American Family News. We're looking for a Christian journalist who feels led by the Lord to help us accomplish this mission. If you have training and preferably experience in the broadcast journalism field, we would love to talk with you. For further information, contact News Director Fred Jackson at 662-821-2033. Here are Tim and Riley Wildman for the AFA Foundation. Riley, what is your title? The Director of AFA Foundation. One of the best ways you can have income for the rest of your life and know that uh, you will be supporting the ministry of American Family Association is to... To give a gift to American Family Association and American Family Radio. Do you also deal with people who want to leave AFA in their wills? Yes, sir. That's exactly why they call. And that's why we also have another option besides a charitable gift annuity. People sometimes also call and do an outright gift or also leave us in their will. Now, when anyone calls in and ask to talk to you ladies. Will all of them talk in a Southern accent like you do? Yes, they will. (laughs) Call Riley Wildman at the AFA Foundation, 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit afafoundation.net. The Word of God tells us many times in one form or another, fear not. Today in the world, many people are very fearful about some of the many perils and dangerous happenings that are going on in the world. Psalm 91 verses one and two tell us, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him, I will trust. I'm Joseph Parker and we here at the American Family Association would like to remind you, fear not, put your trust in the Lord. We'd like to both encourage and challenge you to aggressively Put your faith to work. And one way to do that is to pray Psalm 91 daily for yourself and your family and keep your trust in Him. If you'd like to get a copy of the Psalm 91 prayer for yourself, email us here at psalm91 at afa.net. Again, that's psalm91 at afa.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at afr.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you today on this edition of AFA at the Core. Our website is AFR.net. AFR.net's a website. When you go there, you'll see my podcast right there on the homepage. You'll see a link to the latest AFA at the Core podcast right there on the homepage. So go to AFR.net and check it out. You can also go to the American Family Radio app and get the podcast there as well. Twitter and Square CEO Jack Dorsey put out a tweet. Uh, He actually responded to a tweet this weekend talking about hyperinflation. Um, Here is the tweet um, that he uh, put out on October 22nd, a couple days ago. Jack Dorsey said hyperinflation is going to change everything. It's happening. And um, I I looked up over the weekend the definition of hyperinflation, and it's basically inflation over 50% is what the status quo is or the accepted definition of of hyperinflation. 
And you look at our current inflationary numbers and you go, man, we're a long ways away from 50, 50%. But are we though? <laughs> are we though at the rate that this inflation keeps going up month over month? Um, it just hasn't leveled out. And Yellen, the Fed chairman, um, uh, she uh, admitted uh, that uh, inflation is going to be around for these levels of inflation, they're going to be around until the middle of next year. And that's a, that's a, that's a good bet. That that's that's looking at things optimistically. But if 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 the Democrats keep doing what they're doing, this stuff's going to be around for a long long time. Pretty much be around until we get another president and uh, that changes policy direction. Um but the, the the inflation is a major problem. And if 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 Washington passes a 2 trillion dollar spending bill, and pumps two trillion more dollars into this economy. Uh, that's pouring gasoline on a fire, is what that's doing when it comes to inflation, and it will not not end very well. Um, another story I wanted to get to is a story out of Louisiana. There's a school district in Louisiana that uh, they kept having trouble with these. Uh, kids, these teenagers, these young adults, they kept fighting like every day. Every other day at school, they were having some kind of fist fight. They were arguing about something. They were, you know, fighting back and forth. Well, a group of dads, they just decided, a group of dads from the local local area, they just decided they're just going to start going to school and keeping tabs on their kids at school and all their friends and everyone else. And this was absolutely a pretty unique story. Uh, so this is a local news report on dads on duty in a local school in Louisiana. Clip 7, let's listen to this report. Not many good news stories begin in such a bad news way. It happened last month here at Southwood High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. Plagued with violence. Over the course of three days, another fight. 23 students arrested for fighting. Massive police response. To but strangely, there hasn't been another incident since. Perhaps in part because of this most unusual crisis intervention team. Nobody here has a degree in school counseling. No majors in criminal justice. No, no. Your qualifications are? Aaron Day. Well, we decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? For us. So Michael Lafitte started Dads on Duty. We're out doing what we do for our babies. A group of about 40 Southwood dads who now hang out at the school in shifts. Let's go. Today, any negative energy that enters the building has to run a gauntlet of good parenting. What's going on, buddy? You moving fast. I like that horse. I immediately felt a form of safety. When we stopped fighting, people started going to class. How could that be? You ever heard of a look? A look? Dads have the power to do that? Yes. <laughs> not many people know it, but yes. <laughs> let's go, let's go. But it's not just the firm stares and stern warnings. Let's make it to class, my son. It's also the dad jokes. <laughs> they just make funny jokes like, oh, hey, your student's untied, but it's really not untied. <laughs> and they hate it. They're so embarrassed by it. <laughs> and it's that perfect mix of tough love and gentle ribbing that dads do so well that has helped transform this school. The school has really just been like happy and you can feel it. Which is why the dads plan to keep coming to Southwood indefinitely. Because not everybody has the father figure, the father figure at home. Or a male period in their life. Like so that. just to be here makes a big difference. 
Do you think you stumbled onto something here? Absolutely. I think absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Have a good morning. They'd like to start chapters of Dads on Duty throughout Louisiana. What's up, baby boy? And hope to eventually take on the country. All right. Without a fight. <laughs> Steve Hartman on the road in Shreveport, Louisiana. That was a CBS report. <laughs> Bobby, that's that's uh, what I, I call gold around here. That's gold right there. Man, I'll tell you what, that, you know, there's so much strife and turmoil that we report on every day that we record every day for our clips. And just, just re- recording that this morning just brought me such joy. And it was, uh, it was so difficult to get the smile off my face because just watching the guys go through the hallways and, and messing with the kids and lifting, uplifting the kids, and it was a joy. And you know that there's a, a whole different ambiance going on in there now and a whole different way of looking at things. It's, it's, it's very positive, and uh, I sure hope this spreads across the country. Yeah, so this is this is from a school in Shreveport, Louisiana, Southwood High School. So they kept having fights. So a group of dads, they formed this group called Dads on Duty. About 40 of them, and these dads just started patrolling the hallways of the local high school. And all of a sudden, what do you imagine? What do you know? Uh, no more fights. No more fights at school. Why? Because dads are breathing over the shoulders of their kids, of their teenagers, and nobody wants to face the wrath of their dad, so they all start behaving. And that that just further emphasizes the role of parents in all stages of life and development for young people. Um, it's so important. You can't replace the role of a mom and a dad. And studies after stu- study after study show that a mom and a dad provide the best environment uh, for children to be raised and to flourish. Uh, so these dads are living proof that uh, dads help bring stability. Fathers help bring stability to the household, help bring discipline and order to the household. Um, and uh, that just, this story just further affirms that which we already knew uh, and the importance of fathers in the home. So encouragement to our dads out there. Um, make sure you're participating and involved in the life of your children. Another story I wanted to bring up is one, our good friend, Representative Jim Banks, the congressman from Indiana, the Republican from Indiana. As you know, or if you don't know, this is news to you, but the the Department of Health and Human Services, they put out a press release and had a ceremony last week announcing that um, Rachel Levin, I got to go find this dude's real name. Bobby, look up Rachel Levin's real name. Uh, Rachel is the transgender name, but I got to find, I got to find the, the guy's real name cause it's a dude. Um, so we'll, we'll find that. We'll find that, <laughs> that, that name. Isn't that crazy? The world we live in, I have to go look up somebody's real biological name, uh, cause they're going by some fake name cause they think they're a female. Um, but, but let's just. Go with, uh, you got it, Bobby? Yeah, you were close. Um, okay. it, it really hasn't changed much. Uh, he, he was originally born Richard Levine. Okay, all right, that helps me out. All right, so I'm going to call him by his biological name because this is the name that was on his birth certificate and the name that his parents gave him, so we're going to go by that and how God designed him. So Richard Levine uh, works for the, Obama, the uh, Biden administration, and he uh, works for Department of Health and Human Services, and he was named to this commission 
USPHS. Let me find. That's a long commission. We got too many commissions in Washington D.C. Uh, but this this commission, it's basically a, a health commission under the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, but nonetheless, the point of the story is that Biden named this guy to this commission, named him to the commission, and is now claiming that it's the first female to be on the commission. I kid you not, the HHS in their press release referred to Levin, or Levine, a biological male, as its, quote, first ever female four-star admiral, end quote, in a press release on Tuesday. Well, as a response to... As a response to this press release, Representative Jim Banks put out a statement. And here's what Representative uh, Jim Banks has, uh, has put out. He said in response to this press release, quote, the title of first female four-star officer gets taken by a man, end quote, which is mightily true. <laughs> as re- in a response to that, Twitter took down Representative Jim Banks' tweet. Representative Jim Banks tweeted out the truth, and Twitter decided to take it down. Take it down, uh, but that's where we are in our society. That's where we are in our society, where the Biden administration puts a man who thinks he's a woman over HHS, and then puts him on this commission as quote the first female on the commission. And Representative Jim Banks brought us the truth, saying this is not a female; it's a dude. This is this is a dude, and so thus he doesn't qualify as the first female on the commission. And you know the Democrats claim all of be to be all about women's rights. Well, what about the real women? What about the real women who just got disenfranchised because we put a dude on this commission and we called him a girl? How is that? How does that work out for women's rights? It doesn't. It doesn't. It actually undermines them because uh, the real women now they can't get that slot. Now, when a real woman gets on that commission, well, they'll just be another woman on the commission, another woman on the commission, and they'll miss out on that opportunity. Same thing can be said about these sporting, uh, these sporting avenues where biological women are getting pushed to the side by these people who think they're girls. By the we covered the story in Connecticut where um, the the guy thought he was a girl, so he started run, running in the girls' track and then bumped all the real women. <laughs> to the side and they missed out on scholarships missed out on state championships missed out on all this stuff uh, because a guy got confused and thought he was a girl and you know last night i'm gonna bring in a little personal story here uh uh, last night my son he all of a sudden he's been sleeping in his bed on his own for the last at least a year he's four years old he's been sleeping by himself going to bed by himself for at least a year so all of our kids go to bed on their own. Well, all of a sudden, last the last few nights, my son has just been terrified by what he calls a, he tells me that there's a, a, a red-nosed monkey, clown, monkey, or not, not only just a monkey, a red-nosed monkey clown in his room. And this is the first time Bobby and Marty have heard this. <laughs> so my son starts just telling me about this red-nosed monkey clown in his room and how he's terrified of it. And that's why he keeps coming to mom and dad's room. (laughs) So the reason I bring this up is because my son, the way he's telling me about this red-nosed monkey clown in his room 
makes me like I'm sold on the idea that there is a red-nosed monkey clown in his room. <laughs> so I pulled, I, you know, I, I tried to talk him through it. I said, let's go look for this red-nosed monkey clown. <laughs> so I, he grabbed my hand. We went looking around the house, making sure there's no red-nosed monkey clown. I told him, look, this thing doesn't exist. It's not here. But I bring this up to say that, that people can, can say things and, and do things that just make you sold. They're convinced uh, that what is what you know doesn't exist, what you know is not true. People can make it sound, make an argument and make it sound so legit, make it sound so real that before you know it, you're walking around looking for the red-nosed monkey clown <laughs> as if you're going to find it in a sock drawer or in a closet somewhere. But you know, your mind and heart tells you that it doesn't exist. So we extrapolate this story with my with my child, Luke, to our society. People can tell us that, look, this dude is a, is a female. This guy has transitioned to be a female. And we can get all these, you can have all these compelling arguments, these compelling stories uh, trying to convince you, trying to convince the believer, trying to convince the body of Christ uh, that what we know to be true is not really true. And the main area we're seeing this is in human sexuality, in the in the area and the topic of human sexuality. God has created you and I, male or female. One of the two, it can't be both. God has created you or and I, male or female. It's one of the two. And all of our public policy, all of our discussions, all of our decision-making should be rooted in the reality that we are made male and female, starting in the book of Genesis. That is absolute truth. And science reaffirms that which God's Word tells us. So no matter the how compelling the arguments are, no matter how heartfelt, the appeal is towards that which is not true and that which we know doesn't exist we have to hold true to the word of god that's where absolute truth derives in the word of god so we must hold true to that and we can't get caught up walking around the house looking for the red nose monkey clown that we know doesn't exist AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.